Hello everybody, hope you're all doing well. This is Rabbi Krohn. Um, so today's learning in the shul is sponsored by the Pultman family, Eli Nishbas Adina's father, Yosef Chaim and Harav Yaakov Yehuda Ariha Cohen, as well as we all are davening for Rufuah for all of Klai Yisrael, and specifically um, I would like to dedicate our learning today for Rufuah Shlema for our friend Gami, Gamil David Lev Ish Ben Rudachaya, as well as for Avi Mari David Ben Leir Freda. So we are on Yudtes Amid Aleph. Um, we had left off talking about um, washing, um, washing related to um, Chulin, washing related to Maser, whether you need an intention or not. So we are we are um, about two or three lines down. Kavana. If you're following the art scroll, it's on 19A1. Uminatemer de Chulin Kavana. And how do we know that that Chulin when you do Matila, um, when you do um, washing together with Chulin, that you don't need Kavana. The Tanah that we learned in the mission of Mikvaos, Gal Shinisatalish Uval Arbasa, so that there's a wave in the ocean that has 40 Sa'a and it comes it comes barreling down. But Nafa Aha Adamal came and that wave immerses a person or the utensils. Taharim, they become Tahar. So even though the wave kind of broke off, quote unquote, broke off from the ocean and did its own thing, um, and it still immersed the person. So, um, you know, normally a mikveh has to have a certain amount of, of size, has to be 40 saw. Um, but, you know, because this is natural water, you know, in, in theory, that would be effective. Tahorim, so they become tar in that case. Ketani adam dumir dechelem. That teach, the mission teaches that the case of a person is similar to the case of utensils. Um, making the two concepts similar. Ma kalim just as utensils don't need intention when you immerse them because utensils kind of stay on their own. So to a person doesn't need kavan of a certain thing when they immerse themselves. So, um, so meaning because the wave the wave came over him without any intention and that made him tower. So that implies that he doesn't need. Kavana, but our Mishnah earlier said that he, the Mishnah says that he's tar, and it proves that um, you don't need Kavana when it comes to Chulin. Umi Mayan, what, what evidence do we have about this? Dilma Biyoshiv, Mitzafa, Imasa, Yisasha, Shagali, Sikhan. Maybe we're talking about a situation. Guy is sitting by the ocean and waiting for this wave to come and, and overtake him and, and be Matar him. And in the case of utensils, which are similar to the case of a person, Ma Adam just as the person is capable of intent, So this kind of looks at it the reverse. And maybe the situation is that the man really has kavana, but the situation is the way he intends to do to do tevila is he's sitting by the ocean waiting for this rogue wave to come that will immerse him. And because that would apply to a person with kavana, you can apply it backwards to say the same thing applies to utensils. If you want to argue, it's a case where the person sits and waits for the wave to come. My what need is there for the mission to say say what it says? Since it's obvious that Tvila is working, um, you know, if, if it's obvious Tvila is working, what do we need? What do we need that mission to state the ruling? Um because what you could have thought is that we should decree that immer- that we should decree that immersion immersion is not is um, invalid as a precaution so that one so that a person shouldn't think about um, going into a to a, a big drop of rain. Let's say you have rain pouring down a mountain, like you have like a, a flood of rain pouring down a mountain. A person might think that this pouring down a mountain, 
even if it has the right amount of um, volume to to constitute a mikvah, isn't really a mikvah because it's not water that's standing together at the same time. Just rain, you know, a fl- flash flood of rain coming down a mountain. So you person might think, you know, that's the same thing as sitting by the ocean. So with the ocean, you would say, because the wave was connected to the rest of the ocean and therefore had the right amount of water connected to it, even though it went off on its own and immersed the person, it was really still part of the ocean. By raining, dripping down a mountain, it's not really the same thing. So you might think that that was, because you want to prevent someone from thinking that, you would not allow this in either case. Enami, alternatively, Nigzvar Russian Atukafin, which is a decree invalid immersion in the head of detached waves. Um, meaning that in the case of the Mishnah, where the person of the utensil stood under the head of a detached wave as it came to the ground. So if someone stood there, you wouldn't allow it to happen. Um, and, and as a result, the, the Tana Kamash Malan, therefore the Tana teaches us that we don't make any of these decrees that, that would prevent someone from doing it. And the Gemara clarifies, And where do we know to say that you can't do immersion in the arches of detached waves? The Tanya, we learned to the Baraisa, Matbil in Russian, we can immerse utensils in the heads of detached waves, but we do not immerse them in the arches of those waves. Because one cannot perform immersion in the middle of the air. Um, and the note in the Art Scroll explains, when the head of a wave falls upon a utensil as it lies on the shore, there is immersion in the water that is connected to the ground. This is a valid immersion. However, if one extends or throws a utensil skyward into the arch of a wave, its immersion is invalid for it's performed as in, in a mass of water that is mid-air. So that's different than the case of you have, you know, the water is all connected to the ocean versus a, a bunch of water that's part of the wave that's way up in the air. Um, so, so going back to the, so going back to the earlier mission that said, talking about whether, um, whether Kavan is needed for, for, um, immersion for Kluin. El Maha, this is the source of Tanah, we learned in a different Mishnah in Machshirin. In the case of fruit that fell into a channel of water, and someone whose hands were tame reached into the water and took them, so by virtue of putting his hands into the water, his hands become tahor, even though he had no intention, he wasn't intending to do tefillah, he was really reaching in to get this fruit, into, you know, into the sea to get this fruit, but in the process his hands become tame even with that intention. Uperos ein ba kiyutan, and the produce are not included in the law if water is placed. The law is if the food. So this is again in the note in the art scroll. The law is that a food a food does not become susceptible to contracting tuma unless it has first been moistened by a liquid. Um, our Mishnah alludes to this. Um, so the imbish fil but if for the sake of rinsing his hands, if someone took his hands and he stuck them in the water in order to clean them, and in the process he also um, picked up the fruit, Yad of Tahoras, his hands are Tahor, and in that case, the fruits are included in this concept of Kiyutan, because the fruits are actually are wet. Since he intended to rinse his hands, he, he shows that he's happy with the fruits having gone into the water, um, because that allowed him to then rinse his hands. That's what Rashi says. So this is a case where the fruits got moistened as a result. Um, and he's happy about the fruits getting getting um, wet because that allowed him to then rinse his hands. So by the fr- by virtue of the fruits becoming wet, um, it makes those fruits susceptible to becoming to being 
the coming Tumah. So the first ruling in the Mishnah tells us that the intent for purification is therefore not necessary for Chulin. So a contradiction. Eisei Rabba Lerv Nachman. Rabba challenged Rav Nachman from our Mishnah. Hatova Lechulin Mehuksak Lechulin. If one immersed himself for Chulin and intended to purify himself only for Chulin, Asr Maser. He's not allowed to have Maser Sheni with it. Chuksak Ein. The Mishnah implies that if he intended to immerse himself in order to eat Chulin, he is allowed to. But if he did not intend to, he is not permitted. The implication is, is that he's only allowed to do the thing that he intended to do, and he's, and he's not allowed to do things that he didn't intend to do. So that takes you back to the thought that maybe he needs to have intention. So we're going to reinterpret this Mishnah. What the Tana is actually saying is, even though he intended to immerse himself for Chulin, he is nonetheless prohibited from eating Maser Sheini. So the Tana agrees that intent for purification is not retained for Chulin. He mentions this intent only to teach that even though the person intended for a ritual purification, his intent for Chulin is not, not the same as having intent for Masashani. So continuing to quote from Ramisha, the Gemara persists in his challenge. Eisve, Rav a challenge of Nachman. Tavav al-Huksak, if one immersed himself without Kavana for Tahara at all, but merely to bathe, Kiyil it's as if he didn't. My love, Kilotavokal. Now, is the Mishnah meaning that it's as if he didn't do any tefillah? So, if that really means that if he if he went into a river with the intention of bathing, he's not pure at all, we would say that it's not just the case that if he intended for one thing, it doesn't count for something else. Even for Chulin, the basic thing, he's not. It says it's saying for all things, he's, it's as if he didn't dunk. So, there, as if he didn't dunk at all. So, therefore, that implies you need kavana. So Rav Nachman rejects this low. What the Tana means is it's as if he didn't do tefillah for Maser Sheni, which is the next level of of, of Tahara. But it does count for the more basic level of Chulin. So Rava originally didn't like what Rav Nachman said. He thought Rav Nachman was merely pushing him off, meaning, um, meaning it's as if he did not immerse himself. But he says as if he didn't dunk at all, Seems to be a very dismissive statement. Nafak dak the asha, but what he but when he went and looked and he went, went and saw what Reb Nachman rules really meant, he thought it was correct. The tiny tavla hooksak, if one immersed himself and didn't intend for tahara, asu lemaser mutalachun. You're allowed. It, you're, it work doesn't work for maser, which is the second level of kedusha, but it does work for chulin, which is a more basic. Okay, so we learned that one who immerses himself with only thinking about a lower level is considered tummy for all higher levels. So the Gemara is going to talk more about this. Amr Rabbi Elazar, one who immerses himself in a mikvah and went up for the mikvah without having intended for the level for which he was purifying himself, may, after he comes out, intend to purify himself at whatever level that he wanted. So, so um, the Mishnah was stating that one who immerses himself without intention is considered as if he had not immersed himself while referring to one who entered the mikvah merely in order to bathe. In that case, the person remains tummy for all levels b'chulin, and having intention level for tahara will not alter matters. But what we're talking about here is someone who had intention for tahara, but only very generally. He didn't have a specific level of tahara in mind, but he could decide when he comes out what level he was intending. He, so he can make like a, as he's coming out of the mikvah, he can have in mind, I was really trying to be matahara for this level. So may say they challenge us from a brisa. Odei uraglo achas If one still has one foot in the water, If he originally had intended for a less stringent item, he may change his mind and, and intend for a 
more stringent item. Allah, but once he went out, Shuv Eno Machzik, he can no longer change his intention. My love, Eno Machziklal, does this really mean that he can't change his intention at all? That kind of contradicts what we just said. We just said once he comes out, as he comes out, he could he could change, he could designate what he's intending. Here it seems to suggest as long as he has to have one leg in to formalize that that um, dedication. Gemara answers low. The Brisa means this way. Odeo, if he still has one foot in the water, even if he originally intended for a lower level of of uh, of tahara, he can switch and, and upgrade his level of tahara. Allah, but once he went out, but once he comes out, if he had not specified what he intended to, what level he intended to do tahara for, he could then do, he could then, um, he could then make a, he could then designate at that point. So meaning when you're coming out of the mikvah, if you didn't do any designation, when you're coming out, you can say, I want to do level one, meaning and I want to do level two, meaning Masashani. But if you had made an intention while you're in the mikvah, saying, I want to do chulin, you can't, as you come out, change your mind unless you have one leg left in the in the um, mikvah. So we, we just learned the Baraisa that says if someone still has one foot in, he could switch his intention to a higher level. So Maitana, who taught us this, Odea Ragal Achasamain, that if he has one leg in, Amar Rabbi Padas, Rabbi Das says Rabbi Hudu, it's Rabbi Hudu, the Tanan. We learned in the Mishnah, Mikvah Shenimrad Vieshva Arba Sa'a Mukhabanas. If a mikvah was measured and found to have exactly 40 Sa'a, which is the minimum amount, Viardushnaim Vitavazarzan, two people went in and went one after the other. Harishon Tar Vashini Tami. The first one is Tar and the second one is Tami. Implication is that when the first person came out, he must have taken out some amount of the water from the mikvah. And therefore, when the second person goes in, there's only a 40 sa'ah. If the legs of the first person were still in the water, so as long as the person still had some part of his body still sitting in the water, when the second person comes in, even the amount of water that's still connected to the person, let's say there's a three ounces of the water is in his hair, um, when he leaves the mikveh, he's taking those three ounces with him, so therefore there's less than 40 sa'ah. But if he still has part of his body in the mikvah, those three those three ounces are still considered part of it, and they would count for the second guy. So that would imply. So that seems to sound similar to like what this sounds as Rabbi Yehuda. It might be comparable to what we're talking about. The dispute talks about only about um, the uh, a heightened standard that the rabbanan did, uh, the, a case where the person is tar on a daraisa level. But the um, immersion in the mikvah is only to um, is only a derabanan. So because it's a derabanan, um, it's a different state. The derayakol v'sheni latama all agree that the second. So if it's if it's um, if he's immersing from going from one state of tahara to another, meaning if he's tamay on a daraisa level and he's immersing to achieve another level of araisa, derayakol the second person is tamay. So this really only applies in the applies in a situation where you're talking about rabbinic level of Tumah, that you're trying to go from one to the other. But if you're talking about Daraisa, it wouldn't necessarily work. The Gemara comments, And the statement of Nachman is agreement with that of Rabbi Padas. Um, so that so, so Rabbi Das stated earlier that the Baraisa that said that one whose feet are still in the mikvah may change his intention from a lower to a higher, follows Rabbi Huda not Rabbanan. Evidently, Rabbi Padas maintains that the, that the Rabbanan do not attach any significance to the person's feet being in the water, even, even about the Rabbanan things, because the rule requires the person to have in mind 
at the time of his immersion, the level of sanctity for which he is immersing is merely a darabana. So an alternative view of Rav Nachman is presented. Ika da army. There's someone say it this way. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Baravua, Machokas mituma litahara. The dispute talks about where a person is immersing himself in order to go from one state of da'oresa tuma to a state of biblical tahara. Avo the malas but if a person immerses himself only for the malas derabanan, the higher standards of the rabbanan, some kind of rabbinic chumra, call afasheni tar. All agree that according to the rabbanan, even the second person is tahar. And according to this version, version the Gemara comments upliga the rabbi pedas. In this statement, the Rav Nachman disagrees with that of rabbi pedas. For according to Rav Nachman, the Baraisa statement permitted one whose feet are in the mikvah to change his intent is agreed to by everyone since the Rabbanan dispute Rabbi Yehuda only about a Da'araisa. So the Gemara um, questions Rabbi Yehuda's lenient ruling about keeping your foot in. Amar Ula, Bayimine Rabbi Yochanan. I asked of Rabbi Yochanan. Um, Rabbi Yehuda, according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, Ma'alahatel Mechatim Itziran Barosha Sharishan. What is the law as far as tevila of needles and spinning forks on the head of the first person while his feet are still are in the mikvah? Think of this situation. So you have this guy who's in the mikvah and he has several ounces of water in his hair. Would you say that if you take these and you put them on, his, on that guy's head, are they considered as being connected to the mikvah? Good achis isle rabbi huda. Do we say that the principle of good asay extend and lower Rabbi Yehuda accepts. So since the water on a person's body naturally runs down, good asay lesle, but the principle of accept and raise, he does not accept. Thus the needles and spinning forks cannot be said to have been immersed in a valid mikvah while on, their, on the person's head. So because the water that's on the top of his head is not rolling down and really part of the mikvah, you wouldn't say that putting it in on, the, in his, on his head, in the water that's sitting on his head, is considered connected to the rest of the water that's in the mikvah. Odil, maybe you would say, good asik nami isle. He would say the concept of good asik, extend and raise, also applies. Um, I know this is complicated stuff, and we're going through it quickly, so if you have the art scroll, you might want to review some of the notes, which, which are, I'm sure, are explain, explaining it a lot better than I am. And when Rav Yochanan answers, Amalir, he said to Ula, Tenisu, we learned the answer in a baraisa, Shlosh gamimios benachal. If there are three holes containing water are on the slope of a valley, Ha'elyona ha'tachtona ve'emosais, an upper hole, a lower hole, and a middle hole. Ha'elyona ve'tachtona shall isrim esrim esrim sa'a. The upper upper hole and the bottom hole each have twenty sa'a. Da'em sa'as shall arvish sa'a, and the middle one has forty sa'a. So think about it. You have a upper hole with with twenty sa'a, a middle hole with forty sa'a, and a lower hole with twenty sa'a. Ve'chardeli shall bishamim overis be'neim, and a torrent of rain. So you have this is on a slope of a mountain, and it's raining, so the water is kind of plopping from one hole to the other hole to the other hole. Um, so there's some level of connection going on between the three holes, because there's water dripping from the top to the middle to the bottom. Um, Rabbi Huda Omer, Meir Hayomer, Meir used to say, this refers to Rav Meir, and Rav Meir and Rabbi Yehuda were colleagues, therefore he called him Meir. Matvil de Elyona, you can use the upper one, because you say... The good assay, the extend and rise, the water of the middle hole is connected to the water in the top hole, and you view that water in the middle hole as if it's connected to the top hole because water is dripping from the top hole to the middle hole. And since Rav Yehuda quotes her mayor without any comment, we can assume he concurs with it. But Ula disagrees, but Tanya, Rav Yehuda, Omer, Rav Yehuda says, switching to Daf days, 
Meir Haya Omer, Matvil Be'el Yona, you can immerse in the upper one. Vani Omer, Betachtona Vlo Be'el Yona. But I say, as opposed to Meir, you go in the lower one, but not in the upper one. So we see the Rav Yehuda holds that you only apply the rule of extend and lower, but not the extent of extent and raise. Meaning that the lower mikvah can take it from the mikvah above it, but the mikvah on top can't take it from the mikvah below it. So in other words, the bottom mikvah is connected to the mikvah above it, and you can benefit from the volume of water that's above it because it's dripping into it. But the mikvah on top, because it's dripping into the middle mikvah and it's not benefiting really from the middle mikvah, shouldn't be viewed as connecting to it. So Rabbi Yochanan concedes, Amalei e tanina tanina. If it was taught explicitly in a baraisa, then I retract my proof. So Gemara continues, So one who immerses himself for chulin and intends to purify himself only for chulin, he's, he's not allowed to eat Masa Shani. So there's an inconsistency in the Mishnah's ruling. Mani Masnisan, who is the town of our Mishnah? Rabbanan he. It is the Rabbanan of the Mishnah that's also in Para. The Shani Lehu Bein Chulin Maser, who distinguish between Chulin and Maser Shani. So the fact that our Mishnah rules that someone who immerses himself with intention for Chulin is forbidden to eat Maser Shani indicates that Maser Shani is a higher level regarding to the laws of, of Tuma, of Tahara, than Chulin is. Ema Seifa, but the later part of the Mishnah says, Big Day Ama'aretz Midrash Lefrushin. The clothing of an Ama'aretz is considered Tame. Through midras for perushin, and big day perushin midras la'ochei truma, and the clothing of perushin is considered tame for the midras for those who eat truma. So this mishnah skips over the level of masasheni, and it goes. It talks about kulin, and then it talks about truma, right? Even though we're, we're talking about a complex concept of midras, so I'm not going to go into that in detail now. But basically, what this is the, what this is saying is that it this this quote is only goes directly from the lowest level to a higher level, and it skips that middle ground of, of Masasheni. So, Asal Rabbi Meir, this follows Rabbi Meir, the Amr, Chulun, and Masasheni, Kahadinami, who holds that Chulun and Masasheni are identical to one another in their level of Tahara. And Reisha, Rabbanan, the Seifel, Rabbi Meir, are we to say that the first part of the Mishnah is according with the Rabbanan, and the later part is Rabbi Meir? Gemara answers, Ain, yes, we have no alternative to this, but to say this, Reisha Rabbanan Vesefer Rabbi Meir. The first part is with the Rabbanan, and the latter part is with, with Rabbi Meir. So, Rabbi Acha Bar Abba Made Medilu Vesefer Chamesh Meilas. So, Rabbi Abba Bar Acha taught the second part of our Mishnah as containing five levels. So, his, his version of the Mishnah had different wording of it that not only had the levels that we have in our Mishnah, but he had a different girsa that had other levels. And he therefore established the entire Mishnah as being in accordance with the Rabbanan. So, because that other our version of the Mishnah only has fewer levels, we you know the first view is that they must they must be that it's a difference of opinion. But this view is that no, it's just the other Mishnah had a it's, we just have an abbreviated form of that other Mishnah, and therefore it could still apply. Chulin that was prepared according to the Hara standard of Kodesh, Kodesh Damu is like Kodesh itself. Mimai, um, and what from how do we learn this? Since the Mishnah does not teach a separate level regarding them, um, so I think we'll stop here because this is about to get into a complicated um, process. But that brings us to the end of your test. Mr. Shem will continue next week. Again, wishing you all well, and we should continue to hear um, Yeshua's and Rafuas for all of Chol Yisrael. Have a wonderful day.